2: this is Kelly Henderson and you are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. My guest this week is Brad Yates. Brad is known internationally for his creative and often humorous use of the emotional freedom technique otherwise known as EFT or tapping. Brad is the author of the best-selling children's book The Wizard's Wish, the co-author of the bestseller Freedom at Your Fingertips, and a featured expert in the film The Tapping Solution. Brad has over 900 tapping videos on YouTube that have been viewed over 31 million times with a range of different topics of stress, self-love, money manifestation, and more in which Brad uses EFT to heal our fears, trauma, and old misunderstandings. So what is EFT and why does it work? Well, Brad is here to tell us that today and gives us the scientific proof behind why tapping has helped millions heal and create the true life they desire here's our conversation. So I have to tell you that, you know, I interview a lot of musicians and celebrities. And when I thought to, when we were emailing, I was like, oh my gosh, I was geeking out. Like this was the most excited I've been in a really long time to do an interview because in my world of healing and of just doing the work to heal trauma and things like that, You have become a very integral part of that for me, and it's been so helpful to do your tapping exercises. So I'm really excited to get to talk to you and to share with people what it is that you do. Can you describe what EFT is?
3: Yeah, certainly. So EFT is short for emotional freedom techniques, and a lot of us call the process tapping because we literally tap with our fingertips on places around our face and our torso. And for anyone who's new to this, I know that sounds a little strange. <laughs> and uh, bear with us because there's a very good reason why we do it. <laughs> so it was originally developed from acupressure. So acupressure and acupuncture uh, have been around for thousands of years in Chinese medicine uh, based on the principle that there's this flow of energy through the body along pathways that are called meridians. And when this energy is flowing naturally, we experience our natural state of health and well being, physically and emotionally. And when this energy gets stuck, we don't feel so good and we don't make the best choices, and that has unfortunate consequences on our lives. So, in traditional acupuncture, the doctor would stick needles in these key places around the face and body. So, we're just tapping with our fingertips to stimulate those same areas. And we also have modern research showing that it is a profound stress relief technique. So if you thought of tapping an EFT as nothing more than stress relief, we can see why it's so beneficial because most, if not all, of the issues that trouble us are either caused by or worsened by stress. Mm. So we have chemical studies showing that the, uh, the cortisol, one of the stress hormones, is dramatically reduced in the groups that are doing tapping. We have fMRI studies where we can see uh, brain scans and the brain activity, and we can see how it normalizes after tapping. So I know that tapping sounds a little strange, but there's scientific research validating how effective it is.
2: Yeah, I love that it's called emotional freedom technique because, you know, I'm a highly emotional person. I'm a feeler and I talk about that a lot on this podcast. Um, but how much are we driven by emotions in our lives? And it's, oh, go ahead, answer that one first, and then I'll go further with that question. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hold so many questions. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean... Profoundly. We're profoundly yeah. uh, driven by our choices. That's why we, we make so many choices and go, why did I do that? It's not right. logical. If, if we operated on logic, we would all be extremely healthy and extremely wealthy and very happy and uh, and do, do everything right because we know what to do. But most... Most of our behavior is unconscious. Right. You know, like 80 to 90% of our behavior is unconscious. So it's being done by our emotions and, and mostly in terms of trying to protect ourselves, trying to make ourselves feel better or to lower whatever discomfort we might be experiencing. I, so, you know, we find ourselves, you know, <laughs> halfway through a pint of ice cream going, when did I open this? Right. I this? <laughs> What was I thinking? Well, I was thinking that I wasn't feeling good and that uh, this would make me feel better. That's why I like to say that self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. You know, We might say, oh, eating a pint of ice cream is sabotaging my health goals. But if there's a part of me that says, I'm not feeling good, something's upsetting me, and ice cream makes me feel better, then we can see that it's an act of self-love, and then we can have compassion for ourselves rather than beating ourselves up. Mm. And uh, and that creates an opening then for us to find a better way to take care of ourselves and to use things like tapping to, to lower the emotional and physical discomfort we're experiencing.
2: You know what I think is so interesting about just how much of our um, behavior is driven by emotions is that, you know, you know the people, they're, like I'm the opposite of this, for instance. I cannot not react to my emotions like i actually have to really work at that in my therapy and all this stuff because i'm just very reactive I, i'm so emotionally driven and then on the flip side there's other people who um you know that you may be the stuffers like they bury the emotions but even if you're one of those people you are still making decisions based on emotional experiences right because you're 80 to 90 percent right. completely unconscious
3: yes yes you're just not as aware of it
2: Yeah. Okay. So you you can't run away from your emotions is is the point.
3: Exactly. Exactly. The person who's not as, who doesn't feel as emotional might, might have a harder time understanding why they're making the decisions that they're making. Yeah. Huh? I didn't get upset about something. Why did I, uh, why did I do that? But we're all experiencing stress at some level, uh, especially in the information age when there's so much stressful information coming out. And, uh, and we're all responding to it and trying to to handle it in different ways. And, and again, most of it unconsciously.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, now I'm I'm
5: gonna
3: I'm gonna encourage you, Kelly, to <laughs> uh, to change how you identify yourself in terms of. I am always so reactive, and I
2: yeah. <laughs> okay, tell no, me that's how. A,
3: that, that's how you have been.
2: Okay, fair. That's how
3: you learn to be. Um. But uh, and 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 obviously because of the successes you've created, there are you are not as uh, you are not completely trapped by that.
2: No, that's probably was an exaggeration the way I said it. I think probably (laughs) also it's because this week (laughs) I've been extremely emotionally reactive. And so it's fresh on my mind. But you're right. I mean, it is a learned thing. And. In the healing work that I've done, I have learned to maybe tap more into some of the logical stuff instead of just going like, you know, feelings aren't facts. There's a lot of things you learn when you start diving into why you're doing what you're doing. So, um, but I want to know how you got into this, because as you said, you know, when you first hear about it, you're kind of like, wait, what you're doing, what's tapping. <laughs> so can you tell us that story?
3: How does a grown man find himself tapping on his face for a little (laughs) bit? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually started out as an actor.
2: Okay. And
3: I had traveled the world doing theater, came to Hollywood to be a movie star. And when I was here, I met a woman, fell in love, got married. And when our first child was on the way, I was thinking, I should probably have a backup career. (laughs) So I had always been fascinated with the power of the mind, and so I trained to become a hypnotherapist. And my acting training and my theatrical voice was very conducive to that. Uh, And started doing that, and after a couple of years, when our second child was on the way, it occurred to me that as much as I loved acting, this uh, personal development work was really my calling. This is Mm -hmm. what really felt the most fulfilling for me. So we moved from uh, Los Angeles up to Northern California to be closer to our families, and through some other hypnotherapists, I heard about energy work and uh, went to a training, uh, uh, an EFT training with EFT founder Gary Craig, and just fell in love with it. It was like wow, especially he took us through an exercise to deal with chocolate cravings, gave everybody a Hershey's kiss and. Said okay, on a scale of zero to ten, how much do you want that chocolate? And I was eight or a nine, <laughs> bit of a chocoholic at the, at the time, and uh, and after just a few moments of tapping, I couldn't eat the chocolate. I, I had as much interest in it as I did the foil wrapper,
0: really. I, and I
3: didn't eat, I didn't eat chocolate for two years after that. What? Now, now, don't worry, everybody. I I got better. I recovered. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still occasionally able to enjoy chocolate, (laughs) but I'm also able to to let it go when it's uh, when I want to take a break. So that was that was one of those things that profoundly sold it for me. And in my in my time as an actor, I had trained at Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Clown College. So I was fortunate that when I was introduced to tapping, it wasn't the strangest thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) 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 I had I had a admittedly a bit of an advantage when being introduced to tapping that, uh, that a lot of people who have a more straight, and narrow life uh, experience (laughs) (laughs) might find it a little more off path.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will tell you about my first experience. So I work with um, an energy healer. Her name is Linda Penny and she's actually done this podcast before too. She's amazing, but she, um, she does a lot of sound therapy and she does, you know, she'll do tapping with you in the, in the session, but she sends me home with homework from your videos every time because they're very helpful to me. But I, when she first did it, I was like, okay, lady, like, this is insane, you know, and just also it doesn't seem like it's one of those things like in the moment, maybe you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, this could help. But I don't know that I've understood that consistently doing it could help heal some of my, real deep traumas Um, but the minute that I started actually doing the tapping I knew it was something real because the second she told me to say the first phrase that I said and I started tapping I started crying so it was obviously like targeting into something much much deeper very unconscious for me but also very strong in driving the decisions I was making like you said so have you seen that with a lot of people
3: Yes, because we get this stuff trapped in our energy system. Uh-huh. And, you know, from very early on, so many of these things are, are from a very early age, and we make decisions about ourselves and about situations and what's safe. And, you know, and, and sometimes the tapping can sometimes happen very quickly, the, the, the effect, and we notice an immediate shift. And some of these things are have been around for so long and have so many aspects that it takes persistence over some time to, mm-hmm. to clear these different aspects. But uh, to me, tapping is like energy hygiene.
4: Okay. So we have
3: physical hygiene, right. like brushing our teeth and taking a shower, and we do it on a regular basis. You know, we don't wait until there's green things growing between our teeth and say, ah, now I should brush my teeth. Right. We don't wait most of us, until people around us are holding their nose and saying, ah, I now should take a shower. But with stress, we don't do that. Uh, most of us don't have a, a cleansing process for, uh, for our energy system. And so that stuff builds up, and we may have you know, decades of, of uh, energy filth <laughs> that's, that, that's built up. So I read. So I recommend tapping on a daily basis, just like brushing your
4: teeth.
2: Huh. So what does it look like, or how does that manifest when your energy is stuck? What does that physically look like in people?
3: You know, it can look like so many different things. There are plenty of physical ailments that are manifestations of that stress and those uh, trapped emotions. You know, certainly in um, in Louise Hay's book, "You Can Heal Your Life," she has a a chart listing out all kinds of physical ailments and what the trapped emotion may be. Wow! So th- those things can manifest in all kinds of ways and in all kinds of behavioral things. The way that we take certain actions, or well, we stop ourselves from taking certain actions,
4: mm. and
3: it all has positive intention. You know, when whether we're forgetting, quote unquote, forgetting to make that call to that prospective employer or we're yelling at somebody, whatever whatever that behavior is, there's part of the saying, I need to do this to keep myself safe. And so when we can allow ourselves to to recognize, okay, it's all about trying to take care of myself, and there is some level of stress that's coming up, and particularly in the ways that we block our success, because something tells us more success will not be safe. And so when we can allow ourselves to say, all right, I I can see that I'm trying to protect myself. And now as as I tap and I calm down that stress response, I can look and say, is what I'm afraid of real? Or is this a misunderstanding? Do I, you know, one of the things with with money for a lot of folks is the the fear that I'll become a greedy and nasty person. Well, that's not necessarily true. (laughs) Yeah. And people, uh, you know, there are there are there are nasty, poor people and there are wonderful, loving, kind, rich people. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't do that to you. It's our fears and beliefs. So as we clear that stress and that that need to cling to what is familiar. And, and that was the thing about uh, bringing the thing about identifying ourselves as. I am always this way.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We we create an identity of ourselves based on our past experience, and say that's who I am. And and we have a, as human beings, we love to be right. So we will be, engage in behavior that proves well that was not the best uh, outcome. But hey, at least I proved that I'm right about who I am. That's right. So that makes me feel smart. And uh, and so we will keep ourselves trapped in circumstances. Based on um, how we've identified ourselves. And so it's allowing ourselves to say, okay, so, and it was great because what you had said there is, I've, whereas originally you said I'm very reactive, then you said, I've been reactive this week. It's like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you've been. It's not who you are. Right. It's, it's what you've been doing. And so when we can separate our identity from our behavior and recognize our behavior doesn't define us, but our behavior is a result of how we may be incorrectly defining ourselves based on old misunderstandings. And, and there's a part of us that likes to stick to what's safe and what's familiar, even, even if it's self destructive at times.
2: Right. Or a negative and, thing. And
3: exactly. And so, and so there's a part of us that has a stress response when we go to change it. Even if we recognize it would be so much better if I did this,
4: mm-hmm.
3: then, um, but part of says, yes, but that's not what's familiar. And so I would rather do what's familiar and deal with the unfortunate consequences. And and as we tap and, and reduce the stress, we start to create an opening to see things differently, do things differently, and and redefine ourselves in much more empowering ways.
2: I find it so fast. I mean, this whole thing, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways for not, or there's just not, there's not accidents, I guess, I think. And the fact that I'm actually doing this podcast with you today is of no accident because you're tapping into so tapping in, um, you're tapping into so (laughs) many things that, that I'm bumping up against. And so many of the things that I'm bumping up against are old stories that have been triggered lately by some things that have happened, but I am now manifesting that into other aspects of my life because it's like what you just said, I'm going to see, I did know that story was true or, um, yeah. I can't remember exactly how you just said that, but that we will do these certain actions to prove that that message is true, even if it's negative, you know, and lo- a lot of mine, right lately has been around um betrayal and that's an old wound from my past but when you mentioned the chocolate stuff you said like you took a 2 year break but now you're back like how long and how effective can tapping be to healing maybe like some PTSD around for instance like the betrayal stuff that hasn't come up for me in a really long time um but it is again so it's not like it took it away but maybe it like helped me through it and so now I'm like going oh maybe I should get back to this tapping cuz obviously something is happening in my energy system to bring that back to surface. Does that make sense?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are there are different aspects to to different things so Okay. And sometimes so, so one of the analogies I like to use is, is imagine that you had a field uh, that you wanted to plant. Yeah. But it's got a lot of big it has a lot of big boulders in it. And so you go out one morning to work on clearing a boulder and you work all day. and You clear that boulder out and it's out. And it's like, wow, that feels great. I feel such a sense of relief. Yeah. Go to bed exhausted. You get up the next morning and there's still boulders in your field. And party's like, well, that didn't work. It's like, no, it, it did. <laughs> yeah. You did clear some of the field, but those other boulders look like the boulder that was there. And it may be a while because we may come out and enjoy the space that we've cleared for a while and eventually as we keep trying to you know expanding our comfort mm-hmm. zone, then we bump up against the, the next boulder. And and it tends to look like uh Billboard. So so with past traumas, we may clear a certain aspect of that, but then there may be another aspect that we haven't addressed. So we may we've been feeling some more space and more clear, but then we come up against another aspect and part of us may say, Oh, well, see, I guess I didn't clear that.
4: Like, yeah. No, 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 you
3: did. You, you did clear part of it. There's more that you can do. And, uh, and, and rather than getting upset with ourselves about, oh, well, that didn't work. It's like, ooh, I was feeling pretty good about that. I guess I could feel even better because there's even more that uh, I was, I was more confined than I thought I was. Yeah. So now I can uh, focus on this next boulder and things can get better and better.
2: It's kind of, it's reminding me of when my therapist says, oh, that's just that you've gotten in a deeper layer of the onion or you've peeled to another layer. And I'm always yes. like, oh, I don't want another layer. <laughs> but you couldn't have gotten to that deeper right. layer if you hadn't done the first layer.
3: Right. We talk. We often talk about in tapping, peeling the layers of the onion because as we're tapping along, there's a part of us that resists knowing what's bothering us. We're, we're feeling bothered because it, part of this says. Well, if I'm feeling bothered, I'll resist opportunities that could feel dangerous for me. I don't may not consciously know why I'm doing it. I'm just unconsciously taking care of myself, and uh, and so I don't. And part of me doesn't want to know what it is. Part of me doesn't want to take any time to self reflect and see why I might be resisting something. It is just happy that I'm resisting it and keeping myself safely in my comfort zone, as uncomfortable as that might be. So when we're tapping, we calm down those fears and we start to allow ourselves to see, oh, this is what's bothering me. Mm. And sometimes it happened really fast. I was working with this one guy once and like from one point to the next, he's like, oh, no, it's this. Oh, no, 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 it's this. And we keep going to something earlier and earlier in his childhood.
4: Wow. And
3: uh, all all these things that the current issue had been stacked upon. And until we got down to the foundation of it and, and that sense of relief. Uh, so whether we're consciously aware as, as he became of of those earlier events or just unconsciously, we're, we're peeling those layers and allowing ourselves to, to find what's underneath that. And sometimes takes time. Like in, in that instance, it was boom, 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 really quickly getting there. So sometimes it, it may take us years before, you know, we feel, okay, I feel safer now to move on to the next layer. Okay, now I'm dealing with this, now I'm clearing that, and it's safer to move the next layer. And it can be challenging. There's a part of it that says, I don't want to keep doing that. At the same time, it's like, yeah, but each time I clear a layer, I feel better than I did before. Even though right. it was difficult to look at it, you know, it's like, hey, you know, having to try to open a door that's jammed. It's like, ah, oh, it's frustrating trying to go through this door, but... Every door that I open, I now I now have a greater uh, space that I can uh, experience.
2: Right. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout.
1: at
2: so I'm hearing a lot of fear in what you're saying, like people's fear, you know, maybe it's fear to change or like, I want to know how much or how, what percentage do you think of our decisions are actually made based upon fear or keeping ourselves safe? Um, maybe old messages that, that that certain things aren't safe. How much of our decisions are based on that.
3: Yeah. A lot. Really? <laughs> it's because uh, it's been said there's only two of feelings, there's emotions. There's love and there's fear. And almost uh, virtually all of our uncomfortable feelings, if not all of them, I, I don't like to call them negative emotions because I think all emotions have a place. They, uh, they're all there for, for a purpose, mm-hmm. but there are definitely feelings like sadness, fear, anger, guilt, shame. Those things are very uncomfortable. And I believe there's fear underneath all of them. And so all of the, all these decisions that we make, if, if we're not making a decision out of love, hey, I would really love to do this. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Then we're, then we're probably making it from fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm afraid that I wouldn't be able to handle this. I'm afraid that I don't deserve it. I'm afraid of what other people will think. So whenever we say there's something that we want, but we're not going for it. It's a matter of looking at okay, what am I afraid of? That's why they have the question: What would you do if you had no fear?
2: Uh, right. I, I'm I'm just processing through what this is like. My behavior has been <laughs> lately because it's it is it's so interesting that I won't think that I have a resistance or even a fear to something like it's not something that I'm consciously aware of and then something happens and it creeps up and then all of a sudden before I know it I'm like and manipulate by manipulating I don't mean that maybe the kind of ways that we think of manipulating and being like a nasty person but I'm trying to like control and design the way things happen and you know in the human experience that's just not how life works right especially this year i think we've all learned that that there's very little that we're actually in control of and so it's interesting to watch yourself try to resist what's happening or control what's happening versus just actually leaning into that yeah
3: yeah, yeah it's uh that, well <laughs> Byron Katie says you, know, you can fight reality but reality wins but only a hundred percent of the time
2: <laughs> and only hundred percent and,
3: and the, the stopping ourselves from knowing what we're afraid of is brilliant because if I think that you know just using the subject of money because that's one that comes up for so many people if I am afraid of having more money, because of other people being jealous or it'll be taken from me or whatever it might be. But if I know, if I consciously know what I'm afraid of, then I might be able to rationalize that and let it go and then have more money. So on my unconscious mind, is like, no, I want, it's not safe to have more money. So I'm not going to let you know the information that's going to help you clear that so that then you, put yourself into the dangerous situation that we're trying to avoid in the first place. Mm. So it's, it's the, the lack of awareness of what we're afraid of is brilliant in terms of keeping ourselves safely in our comfort zone.
2: I never thought about it that way that we're actually, yeah, we think that we're keeping ourselves safe, but we're not because it's not really evolving then.
3: Right. It's right. It's all, it's all based on misunderstandings. Um, what do you
2: mean by misunderstandings? What,
3: uh, it's things that we think are, are factual or uh, that aren't. And, and we, so it's like you know, they, they talk about if there's a car accident and five different people see it from different angles, they'll yeah. all give a different description of what happened. And that's what we've done with all these events in our lives. And so, you know, if we're three years old and another kid takes a toy away from us, And we decide, oh, that means that I'm not allowed to have what I want
4: Mm -hmm.
3: or that I'm not that I'm not worthy of being treated with kindness. And and that's not what really is true. (laughs) But so it's a misunderstanding of what happened. But we formulate these beliefs about ourselves primarily. Uh, And and they're based on misunderstanding, either our misunderstanding of the situation or somebody else's. If my parents have a belief that all anybody who makes over fifty thousand dollars a year must be corrupt and uh, and is a greedy snobby person,
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, then and they pass that on to me, that's their misunderstanding because that's not factual. There are there are people like that, and then there are plenty of people who make tons more money than that that are actually loving, kind people. So so I am now have now been fed a misunderstanding. And and making decisions based on that.
2: That's and interesting. as we
3: yeah and 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 but when we try to confront that, there's a part of it that says because we like to know things. We we like to have information settled. When I get up in the morning, I like to know that my feet are going to land on the ground and I'm yes. not going to float up to the ceiling. Right. I I like to know where um I like to know where the bathroom is. I like to know where the kitchen is. I don't, and I, and I like knowing how to walk. I don't want to have to get up and once my feet do touch the ground go, okay, in order to move to the kitchen, I need to pick up my left foot, move it forward, then pick my right up, foot up. We, we, we have to learn things instinctively and at, at an unconscious level in order to function in life. So once we've learned certain things, how to walk, how to find the kitchen, the fact that uh, anybody who makes over $50,000 is, uh, is a jerk. <laughs> we, we, like to, we like to have, you know, this is what I know, and this is what I'm going to operate from. So when that gets challenged, it's very upsetting. So when we start to try to take on an idea of, oh, you know what? I could um, make more money and be happy. Uh, and, be a, and be a kind person.
4: Mm-hmm. Part of it says,
3: no, 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 no. Don't go changing the information. The next thing you know, we're going to be floating up to the ceiling after we get out of bed. The next thing you know, the, the bathroom and the kitchen are going to be switched and we won't know how to find anything in the house.
2: Right. You know,
3: we, we need we, we need that security of knowing what is so, regardless of whether it's true or not. Uh, <laughs> and so much yeah. of it isn't. Yeah. So so we have a stressful response when and at a very unconscious level. You know, if we if we decide, hey, I'd like to uh, you know, I've been single for a long time. I'd like to meet somebody. But depending on our our past experiences with relationships, either our own or other people's, we might be in a grocery store and, uh, you know, we see somebody, uh, an attractive stranger. And, and our mind is racing forward like a, a grandmaster in chess, you know, who's thinking 50 moves ahead.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We're sitting there looking at that person at an unconscious level going, hey, that person is attractive. I might go up and say hi to that person. They might say hi back and I might say something and we might start a conversation and we might find we have something in common. We might go on a date and that date could lead to another date and then we could get married and they'd break my heart like the last person. Oh, look, there's a sale on aisle two (laughs) and we are down towards aisle two before we're consciously aware of any of this happening.
2: Oh my gosh.
5: perfect home sweet home
2: it's fascinating because i know it's true we all do this all day long
3: oh yeah yeah we're we're operating at that level uh where we're we're thinking of all these things different things and all the and they keep leading toward you know for anything that you think you should be doing that you're not doing it's because some part of you Keeps ending up with you being checkmated every time. The worst case scenario is like this: always, this this move is going to um, end up with me getting hurt, and yeah. so I need to uh, go somewhere else.
2: So, if it's so unconscious, how do we even know where to start? Like, if I mean, as we're listening to you talk about this tapping, and I think. You know, if people start doing any sort of research on this, I mean, there's a ton of actual scientific evidence that this does work in moving the energy in your body. But if it's so unconscious, how do we even know like what to start tapping on or what topic?
3: And right. So the the first is if if we're obviously if we're feeling discomfort, then we can focus on that. Sure. You know, like, oh, I'm I'm feeling really stressed out. Okay, that's easy to, to know. Or if I'm feeling guilty about something. In terms of, you know, that so there's some triage tapping, trying to trying to ease a problem that's distressing us in the moment, and then there is forward moving tapping where we're looking at, okay, I want my life to be better. I want to be healthier. I want to be happier. I want to be wealthier, and I can look at, all right, what do I want? What do I need to do to get there? And why am I not doing
4: that? <laughs>
2: Yeah,
3: and so we can start to look at what's the resistance, and and generally it's fear. Like I've uh, you know done this with lots of folks, where you know they'll say, "Well, I want to have more success, whether it's more money, or I want to be in a relationship, or I want to lose weight, or whatever it might be." And I'll say, "Actually, I invite everyone listening to do this right now. Close your eyes. Imagine what." you believe you really want but had not yet been able to uh, create. Imagine yourself having that and say, it's safe for you to have this and just let that rattle around inside and notice on a scale of 0 to 10 how safe it feels. And I know that some of you will be compelled to say, oh, it's definitely a 10. If you are not already experiencing it or not obviously on your way towards it, I'm going to say check again <laughs> because the extent to which we don't have what we say we want tends to be the extent to which we are resisting it. And we generally resist things because it doesn't feel safe. And it's not that you're bad or stupid. It's because at some level, some part of you has picked up a misunderstanding about why it wouldn't be safe to have that. And so you miss opportunities. You stop yourself from doing things that you could do to move yourself in that direction. Ah. Uh brilliantly it's a brilliant thing because mm-hmm. it can self-sabotage it's simply misguided self-love so so we can then look at it. so that's where we started looking at where am i stopping myself uh you know if i want to be in better shape well am i exercising every day
4: yeah but that
3: would certainly help and so where so what's stopping me what uh what makes me feel uncomfortable about that and, you know, we could even just start with, well, even though I don't want to exercise, I choose to love and accept myself. Mm. And we start to clear out that resistance and we find, and we start to uncover what am I afraid of? You know, am I, am I afraid that, uh, wow, if I got in better shape, people would be more attracted to me and that could to all kinds of problems. I can't deal with that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's much safer to, uh, to not have people, you know, and it's not that you, and it's not that you have to be in any kind of particular shape to be attractive. It's what you believe makes you attractive, or or stops yourself from that. That's that's the thing is that we we find what we believe keeps us in our comfort zone. So and, uh, so we, we appreciate that, and then start clearing those fears. And I recommend, as I said, I recommend tapping on a daily basis because as we keep tapping, we're naturally going to be clearing those things that get in our way
2: what well, we've talked about tapping and i'm i realized that we didn't actually specify what that might look like you know like what are you tapping i mean i i know because i've done some of your exercises in your videos but can you explain to people maybe what that would look like
3: yeah absolutely so we we tap with the index with the fingertips of our index and middle finger and you can tap with these meridians, of, uh, these energy meridians run up and down both sides of the body. So you can tap with either hand on either side of the body. But just for the sake of demonstration, I'm going to encourage folks, go ahead and take your dominant hand. And okay. with the, um, the fingertips of your and middle finger, gently tap on the side of your other hand. So right there at the edge of your uh, of your hand between your pinky and your wrist. If you were to imagine chopping some boards to the karate chop, you use that edge of your hand right there. So just gently tapping right there on the side of your hand. And this is where we do what we call the setup. So we acknowledge whatever the issue is and say, so for instance, say, uh, you know, I'm I'm really angry at Bob right now. Bob has really ticked me off. And so I'd rate that on a scale of 0 to 10. uh, That's about an 8. He was a real jerk. And... Uh, it helps to identify where we're feeling it because, you know, feelings are not just in our head. It's we feel them in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So it might be, oh, I feel I feel this tension in my shoulders. So I would tap on the side of the hand, saying, even though I'm angry at Bob, I choose to love and accept myself. And I'd repeat that three times, and then I would tap right at the beginning of your eyebrow point. So uh, right about the middle of your face and just gently tap the beginning of your eyebrow. And uh, we generally tap between five and 10 times, but if we're saying a longer phrase, we might be tapping 20 times, it's okay. It's not an exact science in terms of how many uh, times you tap. So we tap the beginning of the eyebrow saying, all this anger at Bob. Then we'd follow the eyebrow out to the, uh, the side of the eye and say, all this anger at Bob. Then right under the middle of your eye, all the anger at Bob. Right under the middle of your nose, right above your upper lip, all the sang at Bob. And then, uh, right on your chin, just above your, uh, just above your chin, right under your lower lip, all the anger at Bob. The collarbone, all the sangre at Bob. So it's right if you feel where your collarbones just about come together, there's a little U-shape at the base of your throat. And uh, you just tap right there. And then the next point is under your arm, about four inches below your armpit. It's right about bra strap level. I'm sure even the guys can figure out where that is. <laughs> All the sang grip bob. And then finally, the, the top of your head. All the sand grip bob. And then you take a deep breath. And uh, and then just feeling, uh, then we check in again and say, okay, how angry am I at Bob right now? And generally that number will come down. And we may uh, also be peeling the layers of the onion and getting more clear about, Oh, I know what it is. This mm-hmm. sort of
2: That's what I was just and, about to uh, say, because when, even in that I was doing that as you were talking and saying my phrase and, it changed from, let's say it was all this anger at Bob to, no, my feelings are just hurt by the end of it. Like I like I understood yep. a deeper level of what I was actually feeling that, you know, the anger was just covering up.
3: Right. And it may, you know, we maybe tapped along and go, Oh, it's not anger at Bob. It's that what Bob did reminds me of something that Sally yes. did in third yes. grade. And uh, yeah, so we get you know, little by little, get peeling those layers of the onion and understanding where the uh, where that's coming from.
2: Wow. Well, I find and,
3: and, this, and what, and ultimately, what it means about us, because that's what right. William said. is what we believe it means about us.
2: Like the story in our head, is that what you mean, or just yeah. our response? Yeah,
3: the story. Right. So if I, I'm angry at Bob because he was a jerk, because. Yeah. Part of me says, because uh, because that proves that I'm not worthy of being treated with respect. Or oh, I, yes. I'm, you know, I, if I were good enough, if I were a good enough person, Bob wouldn't have done what he did.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fascinating to me because I, well, first of all, the energy in our bodies is fascinating to me because I don't think that a lot of us are aware of it. And it's constantly you know, shifting and moving and it's tied to all of our emotions and all of the experiences we're having and not that many people talk about it, which is, or I think we're starting to a little more, but you know, you can go sit and talk therapy and all of these things for years, but not address what's happening in your body and your body's response to all that stress, all those emotions, all the trauma, all the experiences. And if you're not addressing that, are you actually ever healing from that? You know, to some,
3: to some extent, but it's certainly, you know, we there's a the mind-body connection. And so right. to deal with it at the physical level is so much more powerful because we can really address things at a much deeper level and, and get a much greater level of resolution.
2: Right. Um, well, I just think this is fascinating. I could talk about it forever. I do want people to go check out your videos and look more into this stuff. And I think a lot of it is visual. And so I really encourage you guys to go read about EFT, but also watch some of Brad's videos and try them and see what comes up for you. So where can people go do that?
3: Well, you can go to my website, tapwithbrad.com. Okay. okay. And, and it's tapped with Brad on YouTube where I've got over 900 videos. I, uh, on instagram and facebook it's all uh type in tap with brad and find uh my various resources
2: you know which video i used to do every morning was tap of the morning is that what it was called tap Uh of the morning tea or something
3: my (laughs) very first video was that yeah yeah when i when i was doing eft when i first learned it and um uh, I had been doing it for a bit, and then YouTube came around, and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a video people could start their day with? Yeah. And I'll call it Tap of the Morning. <laughs> and that was all I intended to do. I, I, had, I had no idea of creating this catalog of hundreds of videos. I thought, well, I'll just do that one video. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was kind of theatrical in it. And uh, it was like six months before I decided, you know, I should have one to end the day. I'll call it tap of the evening. (laughs) And then, and then more ideas came. And now, you know, a decade later.
2: uh, And 900 videos later. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, The tap of the morning, actually, if you guys, I know just in this pandemic time, I feel like I keep reading articles about this is just a collective trauma that we're all facing. And I know, you know, the change that I've felt in my life over this year has been extreme. And I think a lot of people are dealing with that too. And, as we've said a little bit before, our bodies tend to be, or in our minds, tend to be resistant to change. So, the tap of the morning is a great way to start. If you just need some encouragement and positivity to start your day, that's where I used it. Was when I was going through a hard time, and it was suggested to me to start my day that way. And I always started much more peaceful, much more positive, um, able to see the things that I had to be grateful for, and all of those kind of feelings. So. You guys go check that out. Brad, thank you so much for being here. I am such a fan. This was so fun for me.
3: Well, thank you, Kelly. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to share this.
2: You guys go check out Brad Yates. It is tapwithbrad.com and keep me posted if you try some videos. Thanks for listening.
0: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles,